Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money. I am Shipra from Mint's personal finance team. If you're looking to rent a house in Delhi, today's episode is for you. As I will tell you everything that you need to know about renting in the capital city. At Mint, we are running a rental journey series wherein we pick one city in each episode, talk to people renting in that city, and capture the process through their experiences. Today's episode is about Delhi, and I will talk to Mabel Mirza, who has been renting for nearly 10 years in the city. Mabel recognizes as a non-binary individual and uses the pronouns he and them. While renting itself entails several issues like poorly maintained houses, non-refund of deposit, etc. When you're from the LGBTIQ community, the difficulties go up much more. Today, Mabel will share his experiences about this. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hi, Mabel, and welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Shipra. Pleased to be here. So, Mabel, let's start by you sharing your experiences of the various challenges that you've faced in house hunting, you know, as a queer person. I think, uh, you know, largely I would, like, I identify as uh, non-binary now. Like, it's it also is a gender journey that you take. It's happened over a couple of years, so... Earlier, and when I say like queer and non-binary, those are two different things. Uh, queer being my sexuality, uh, non-binary being the gender identity. So say when I used to identify as a cis queer or a lesbian, a few years back, my experiences at that time were quite different to as compared to what they are today. Um, I've lived across uh, three big metropolitan cities since I had the agency of paying for an accommodation on my own, like right after college. So the journey started with uh, Chennai, then went on to Mumbai. And then presently I've been in Delhi for the last decade or so. Largely my experiences as a queer person, if I if I do have to like, you know, like say it in a simple form or, or sum it up for you, it's been uh, very interesting and I can reflect back on a lot of things like it opens up a lot of, uh, it opens up what it serves as a reflection of what you see in the society largely and things that you normally might not come across. Because A, it's not, you can't even call it, I, I couldn't even call it like plain discriminatory or um, I couldn't even call it like, you know, like there's a squint at that end um, because it's all very subtle. It's a transaction between the person who's offering the house and they want to do so. But they also are very wary and they do come with their own set of prejudices. So largely, I think Bombay has been the only city which was sort of okay and sort of better in terms of uh, uh, the houses or how the dealings with dealings went with brokers or how they went with the landlord the landlords as well because they keep it very transactional and though it's a it's a nightmare trying to find a good house in bombay quite honestly but the thing is that they keep it very impersonal uh, to a huge extent they don't really care or the kind of prejudices that you face uh, being from a certain community. I think Bombay would be one place where I personally haven't faced it. It might be different for other people. Um, how it has changed over the years, I think now now that I'm older, I'm 34 now, and uh, 
I'm more sure about how to draw boundaries with landlords, etc. But when I didn't have that, there I would be put in positions where I was asked uncomfortable questions, and when I say uncomfortable or inappropriate questions, it would pertain to, oh, okay, um, since I have looked or I do have a mask expression, uh, and I've have had that for the. Uh, you know for the longest time that i remember and uh, it's always been like they would ask me oh when are you getting married or or do you are you already married why aren't you married um okay do your parents know that you are staying like by yourself okay um you know i've i've heard like other friends of mine mostly straight women cis uh, cis at women and they would go and uh, you know like be in a similar position of renting houses and they were asked by different questions of course all of them being extremely inappropriate and unnecessary but i think the kind of questions that they would ask me they were very amusing they would be like oh uh, do your parents know that you live alone or do your parents know that friends visit you what kind of friends visit you and normally say if you are house hunting you would be told that okay we we would appreciate if you don't allow like a lot of boys or like a lot of men coming up and if even if they come up like please make sure that you know like there's no noise etc but the kind of questions they would ask me ki acha aapke yahan pe ladke aayengi ki ladkiyan aayengi and and i'm like i'm not sure how to answer this question uh, so it's it's a subtle sort of like you know like asking of very inappropriate unnecessary questions crossing a boundaries but i think the experience has been very interesting in this particular way because i also look at it as um a study of anthropology it gives you a very good reflection of the city as well delhi has been the place where i've been asked the most most bizarre questions out of the blue so largely now i think i've settled into it i'm used to what they're going to ask i can anticipate what they're going to ask um i can anticipate what the broker is going to say on behalf of me how i will have to overcompensate or overinflate sometimes uh, you know like my work achievements where i worked how many years i might have worked somewhere so say i i have i had been or a few years back when i was taking up a place and i was working as a chief editor of a startup and it was just you know taken up as oh, okay you're an editor so they automatically assume that you might be working with the newspaper so sometimes i don't really say anything i i let them think of what they want to and if they assume that i'm from the press then i think you might be well aware of that mm-hmm. they don't ask a lot of follow up questions right. so yeah it's gotten easier but it's is certainly not been easy at all and it's very different from what straight people also go through and especially like straight women or cis uh, women go through is very different for queer folks it's difficult it's um challenging is very stressful quite honestly be it anywhere in india quite honestly so um especially when i you know like uh speaking of experiences of a queer person um i think it has been fairly easy for me now let's say that you know on a spectrum and i will use the word um you know palatably queer when i say palatably queer what does it mean or what sort of body can you imagine or can can one imagine and it's important when we talk about it in terms of who gets to rent a house in a city one thing is that you know like if i am cis passing or um, say if i can pass off as a straight person and because normally you know i'm walking on the roads nobody's going to 
come and ask uh, say say a say a a person or a queer person who is um cis passing being femme or and people can people can say oh it's a woman with short hair i would still call it like cis passing but when and you know the society also expects you to be queer within acceptable norms now acceptable norms are always mostly decided by the society not by queer folks or not by trans folks but that's the difference between um, somebody like that and there are several friends of mine who can pass off as uh, you know like straight women but i can't um why because i dress like a dress like a mask person or a masculine i do have a masculine expression or a gender expression is uh, masculine so you know like i'll have a harder time as compared to uh, them finding an accommodation because the the kind of uh, looks that you get the kind of questions that you are asked drastically change um, as compared to other queer friends of mine who might be cis passing now when i say that i have it hard um and i've told you the kind of questions i've been asked um but i'm still saying like and i want wish to like you know really like um bring this up that i have had several trans friends of mine um and you know like and i'm talking about trans friends of mine who who have who are, do not come within this whole realm of what is palatably queer um there are trans women there are trans men um you know and it's not about what gender they were assigned at birth because i hate that term i don't want to bring it up it's often it doesn't it doesn't have a place in this conversation it shouldn't have a place in any conversation but i'm just going to say like if somebody can perceive that um, or mostly they say that you know like and i've heard a lot of landlords say that oh acha aap to cross dress kar rahe hain ya you are cross dressing or i can tell that you are a man in a sari um i'm talking about that sort of palatability and um, they have they have it the hardest especially trans women i would i would say most of my friends uh, they've have had such bad experiences in in the best localities of delhi like and this i'm talking about across communities it doesn't matter all the tropes that i talked about attached with a particular mainland community uh, from delhi it doesn't work because uh, they've they they've been exploited at the hands of brokers they've been exploited at the hands of landlords the brokers know that you know like sometimes they would the brokers would ghost they would uh, speak on the phone they would know that acha okay i can i have to come and show the properties they've ended up coming looking at oh okay this is the person who's come to look at the properties and they have ghosted they've ran away or they've just like walked away um then most of the landlords have said no like this straight like you know like they've arrived at the property they've seen my friend or they've seen my friends and they've been like no uh, and they walk away and they are like how many dinar ghar um and the most disgusting things <laughs> i have seen or it's it's just appalling how 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 little as a as a you know how little of consideration do we hold or a collective sense of consideration do we hold as a society and all, this includes all of us i've seen like you know like uh, this last uh, incident of one of my friends who had somehow managed to find a property the broker actually and it's a tactic the broker also knows that 
hey you are desperate you're not getting any options let me just sell you the house which will get me the most amount of commission a they went up to the property the landlord was convinced they literally the landlord literally had to be convinced to give the house this is a house which has already had which already had an overinflated rent and uh, as soon as they saw my friend and they were like aap kya karte hain and they always start with that tone of aap kya karte hain because they do come with their own perceptions of oh, okay if you're trans then you might not you might not be employed or you might be uh, you know uh, into sex work and they often assume that and i'm not kidding about this this is actually you can actually and maybe i hope that this sparks a conversation where more trans folks can speak about their own experiences themselves because i'm really not a mouthpiece for them and uh, after asking all of those questions which were which normally nobody should be asking um, and the tone in which they were asked he went up to the side and he spoke to the broker and he came back and said that hey uh, the rent was 25000 now it's 30000 so take it or leave it and i don't know what i don't have words for this sort of uh, prejudice and this sort of this not even prejudice this is just i don't know what to call it i really don't have words for it but i see my uh, friends growing or you know they have gone through these experiences uh, okay so just to understand renting experience through some numbers uh, what is the mm-hmm. total deposit amount that is asked in delhi and how much of it is returned when you vacate the house uh in my experience i have largely been asked uh, two months worth of the rent so say suppose you get a house for like 20 your rental uh, deposit would be 40 um it almost depends on if you do know the landlord through someone or if the landlord has been in a practice of only taking sometimes they tailor it sometimes they take a deposit of one and a half months but the least that they do is mostly like one and a half months nobody really takes a one month deposit these days it's mostly one and a half months to two months and coming to a question of how much is it returned how much of it is returned when you're vacating the house um it completely again it's very subjective but you could put it in a percentage of 5 to 10% of the security deposit that is normally like kept um in lieu of pending bills like sometimes because you don't get the water bills on time right so they might be pending for like 6 months worth of bills but you can draw an average of how much the old bills have been and calculate an average from that and they calculate that they might be taking depreciation charges towards uh, utilities inside the house or any sort of like say uh, one of the things that landlords do and always have deducted for in my personal experience has been the uh, charges uh, which you actually pay for maintenance of the walls especially when it comes to putting in ac inlets and outlets right so they are always very aware of that that hey i'll have to fill up this uh, particular like you know like uh, a hole a hole from here like you know the ac pipe goes through this and it's a proper like you do you you make a big hole you drill a hole and the entire pipe goes through that so it's a significant damage it's not like and if you do fill it up on your own then they don't charge anything from you but if they if you leave it to them then they might have to uh, deduct like say 3 or 4000 rupees for masonry for filling that up getting that painted it also depends on how long have you occupied the property like say if i've been inside a house for or been in a house for 4 years 5 years um 
the paint the paint job needs to be done uh, you might have put up some artwork here and there so there's um, it depends on how you've kept the property a and also on the mindset of the land landlord as well like what sort of relation do you share with your landlord like for example my present landlord has been actually the first landlord whom whom i i truly respect and i i i really have adore his way of also engaging with tenants uh, because he has a couple of other properties in cr park but the way he deals with tenants and how what he uh, what he offers to pay for like the other day um, i remember i had to replace the fan or, or the bedroom fan and it's been 2 years i've lived in this property quite honestly after 6 months the kind of damages or any electrical damage any appliance that doesn't work in your house it's your responsibility it becomes the tenant's responsibility to replace it but i was just informing him that hey i'm just replacing the fan um of course i'm going to be living here for the foreseeable future at least two more years um any apparently offered to pay for it that he's like okay whenever and if and, and i really don't mean that you should be leaving the property but say in 2 years you leave this property you're definitely not going to take this fan with you so it makes no sense for you to play pay for it and this is a rare 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 phenomena like it does not happen i've seen very good landlords and i've seen the worst of them um but somebody really offering up stepping up to pay half of it proactively is very rare um most landlords would usually take uh, you know like a bit of bit of your security deposit towards pending charges of electricity bills water bills uh, some depreciation charges so say 5000 i would give you a pakka amount like the the large average of what uh, you know like uh, what a landlord would deduct from your security deposit say if your rent is pending so from if you pay your security deposit of 2 months um it's 40 they definitely will at least take away 5000 and i think in my experience that's a fair amount if you stayed for a considerable amount of time but yeah if you've left a property in like say 7 or 8 months it really doesn't make sense for you to pay or have any sort of like um you know deduction for like depreciation of property because you haven't lived in the property for that long but it's very subjective um you know like and shipra it completely depends upon what landlords how they are how their relationship has been with you and also on the tenant uh, on how they have maintained a relationship with the landlord as well sometimes all of this being in place also things don't work out it's very subjective yeah right right and what about the regular maintenance charges in that case uh, to what extent damages are covered by the landlord and what are the kind of bills that the tenant has to pick up so um i think let's just like look at look at the kind of uh, maintenance charges you would incur in a house uh, currently and i would speak from my experience in the property that i currently uh, inhabit um or rent it's been 2 years now i've been living in this place and normally you know like within and in my rental agreement it's written that in the first Three months. Any electrical appliances that don't, and these are electrical furnishings that I'm talking about in a house, which would comprise um, lights, uh, you know, like fans, switches, um, any sort of like motor alarms, or say if your house is furnished and the landlord has provided you with a 
एयर कंडीशनर और यू नो लाइक अ वॉशिंग मशीन और अ फ्रिज और वट एवर इट इज इन द फर्स्ट थ्री टू फोर मंथस इफ देर इज अ मेजर डैमेज वेयर से योर ए सी कंप्रेसर इज नॉट वर्किंग और द गैस इज रन आउट विन द फर्स्ट थ्री मंथस देन येस द लैंड लॉर्ड डज पे फॉर इट इन मोस्ट केसेस um but after that um it becomes your responsibility or it becomes the tenant's responsibility to pay for it because they know that you've used it for a while or you've used it for a season and the next season the gas is supposed it usually runs out or you're usually supposed to get it cleaned by your own on on your own and you can't expect the landlord uh, to pay for it um now talking about uh, you know like in the first 3 months if any of these furnishings the electrical fittings in the house don't work you can ask your landlord to replace it because you haven't lived in the property for that long for them not to be working and for the tenant to be paying for it um the landlords proactively in my case will will not ask you if everything is working well you will have to raise it now for example in my experience in one of the or in two of the properties that i've lived before um say like 4 years back or 5 years back um i had very bad experiences particularly and i'm talking about major damage here uh so the main motor supply or the motor which actually gets the supply water to your house uh, and in delhi you know you have like timings water is not 24/7 so it's it usually comes in the morning around 5 and then again in the evening and it's a regular job in a lot of delhi houses uh you have to fill up water and make sure or either you can automate the system you have an automatic motor uh, which does the job on its own or usually you do have to switch it on in the evening and then be done uh, you know like you fill it up and there's an alarm and you're done with it but um I, in one of the properties where i was living the landlord had put in a really um, cheap motor which was not of great quality and this landlord would not change the motor despite us paying like or or telling him that uncle the motor is burning out every single day it doesn't work you are we are spending money we've almost spent 6000 bucks in the last 8 uh, months or 9 months trying to repair this thing we are having water issues every damn day there are days in which uh, three days there are there is no water in the house so please tell me which tenant in our place uh would, would you know would have to say anything else or it 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 um really became problematic but uh, that's one thing and those are major damages those are major things which the landlord should ideally help with in most the most of the other houses the landlords actually have helped they have come forward they have offered to pay at least 50% if the motor has run out or if they if it has gone bad um present at present where i live my landlord actually replaced the entire motor um which was very kind of him and he actually paid for the entire part of it and it was my fault i had gone out of the house and i'd left the motor on um and and it had burnt and he offered to replace it because he understands that tenants are going to come and go but these things are going to stay in the house they are not going to walk out with the motor if they pay for it right so it depends uh, but largely the large damages after a while i think is a shared expense between the tenant and the landlord um the smaller expenses after a while after 6 months yeah the tenant is supposed to pay or largely they only ended up and end up paying
yeah and um, if it's to do with infrastructure damage like for example say waterproofing of the le- and if your if your roof is leaking or if they haven't done a waterproofing job or you know and it rains incessantly in delhi so every house has a leakage problem or they have a seepage problem now um, those are the kind of damages that the landlord as supposed to bear like completely like 100% you don't have to do anything for infrastructure which is not or which is crumbling or which is not in place so that's a expense to be borne by the landlord completely right okay so hmm. to sum it up you know you've been renting for 10 years what would you say have been yeah. your top 3 learnings from you know your renting experience that you could suggest every you know people can adhere to prospective tenants <laughs> um well um if i wow well, um i'm not i'm not sure like I, i at this point i feel like a renting yoda uh, but i'll mm-hmm. i'll try and do this um three of the three of the three of three learnings from my journey i think first um, is to a you know because there might be times that you might have to move to a place you know like in a positive time like you just have to move to a place i get that and uh, work with brokers and if you're going through a brokers because most of these places and i would advise not going through apps like you know nestaway um or or any of these other like housing.com etc because i've seen a lot of brokers listing false properties so it will waste your time uh, please don't go through that ask your friends ask on social media to suggest brokers uh, in a locality that you might be um, looking to rent um, place your and always make sure that you go for a broker who uh, whom who's known to somebody who you know or who's known to a friend or who's rented out or who's helped a friend of yours a colleague of yours to get a property because then it's personally vetted by someone uh, they also know that they do have an accountability uh, in this case at least they feel so um uh, the second thing is and especially when you're quoting like you know the brokers will ask you that acha aapko kitne mein ghar chahiye or how much are you uh, willing to shell out for say a 1 bhk or a 2 bhk make sure to at least tell them the rent like deduct 2 3000 from how much you think you're willing to shell out because they are going to show you expensive properties they are going to show you like for example if i say that um so i want to look at properties you know my budget is 20 in 99% of the cases the brokers are going to start showing houses for 25000 so always deduct 3 to 4000 from your from how much you can shell out because they will land up at the number that you are actually willing to shell out on and this happens this is a pro tip take it down it use it well it always works negotiate on your uh, brokerage brokerage is not something which is put down on any paper it does not have a legal structure to it you're not bound by law to pay a broker who's done nothing for you if you are the one who's uh, negotiated with the landlord on your rent you are the one who's negotiated on the security deposit you've the one who's actually looked at the maintenance before you've moved in quite honestly your broker has done nothing for you except for tell you of a listing now informing a tenant of a listing does not require one month worth of rent uh, so you can negotiate on that and be firm with them because nobody can really um, 
evict you from the place because the landlord and you will have an understanding speak to your landlord and they will know and in honestly in most of the cases the landlords will not intervene if you're trying to negotiate with your broker these are to do with brokers the most important uh, lesson that i have learned is to learn how to draw boundaries and uh, uh, with your landlord especially um beat and i i do understand that it takes a bit of time to come into the language of negotiating those boundaries into um a practice of you know just saying no or just saying that no i'm busy or this is my space understand that there is a difference in being a paying guest at a pg um and there's a difference when you're renting out your own place when you're renting out your own place it's on a rental agreement you're the tenant or you're the rentee of a place right so uh you are not bound by any in timings you are not bound by or you're not accountable to the landlord in the way that you are accountable to a warden there's a difference they are not wardens uh, so don't treat them like one or don't give them the power to ask you questions beyond a certain point uh, tell them or draw boundaries like for example if they ask you who came to your place or uh, you know like a lot of i see a lot of friends walking up to your place and i will say to young folks especially uh you know like uh cis at women or queer folks uh you know like uh mostly like if you are if you're cis if you're trans you will end up having this issue most landlords um a majority of them will ask um you know like unnecessary questions try and nip it in the bud uh try and not engage try and ignore those questions if you don't want to engage or simply say that uh, uh you know like auntie they are my friends and i would appreciate or uncle they are my friends or whoever uh they are my friends or they are my family and i would appreciate if you don't ask me or don't ask them when they are climbing up the stairs i don't find it or i I'm, i'm not okay with it if you say it once or it just takes that two minutes worth of courage and i know that is a lot of anxiety causing conversation sometimes it is just takes 2 minute of courage 2 minutes of courage to say that um and people actually back off in most cases people back off that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover i can be reached at twitter under the username of shipra singh sarot and on linkedin at shipra singh Thank you for tuning in. See you in the next episode. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.